0: Welcome to Hit The Real, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. I am one of your hosts, Michael, and I have never given birth to a eight-legged horse as far as my knowledge goes in my lifetime. And this week I am joined by my sometimes co-host, but always colleague. And um, who, man, I'm pretty sure has never been a robot and definitely contains something that people in some cultures would call a soul. Jesse, how you doing, Jesse? Well, I am
1: doing all right. I'm a little, a little concerned though. All this talk about robots and eight legged horses and souls and stuff. So I'm, I'm bracing myself for what's about to happen.
0: Yeah. So uh, that's kind of the the the, this week we're going to be talking about Loki, the new uh, Disney Plus. Marvel Studios uh, fair that uh, premiered this week on, I think it was Wednesday. Um, and so I watched it because uh, I was super curious and wanted to know what was going on with it and kind of see, I- I've heard some interesting things about it, kind of with what it is going to affect the multiverse of madness with the Doctor Strange movie. Also some uh, information about the the next Ant-Man and Wasp, uh, quantum, quantum and something verse movie that's coming up. Uh, and it just sounds like it's going to be a lot of impactful things are going to happen in the Marvel Universe, uh, the MCU here th- through the low key show. So I was really curious and wanted to see where they're going with it. Plus, it looked visually interesting. So, yeah, absolutely. And
1: I have not watched it yet. And Michael, I will tell you why. Yeah. Uh, this week, the Avalanche and the Nuggets were both in the playoffs and. They were kind enough to schedule their games, so they were alternating every night. So there was literally <laughs> playoff sports on every night this week for our local teams. They also have lost all of those games this week, so it's been a method of self-inflicted torture. Um, moral of the story is sports are
0: pain, and I hate them. And that is- <laughs> I mean... Uh, we all have our nerdums, Jesse, mine is comic books and uh, the video games and things like that. And I think, yeah, you much more into the sports stuff. So I, 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 I I knew that there was something happening with our sports teams here in Colorado. If you asked me what that was, I could not tell you whatsoever. So good to know that's, that's unfortunate to hear that, that both of them have been losing alternatively every other uh, night this week.
1: (laughs) yeah
0: how fun right yeah and
1: on top of that i also have all of those other nerd fandoms as well to various extents compared to you so i also receive the fan outrage from those other types of (laughs) mediums as well so it's
0: fun all around yeah yeah Perfect. So uh, this week, what we're like I said before, I'm just, I, right now, I'm just going to kind of convince you, I guess this uh, episode is going to be just convincing you to stop watching sports and start watching Loki, because um, I feel like it will cause you less pain and suffering in the long term. <laughs> I feel like you already got a leg up in that argument. So. <laughs> Continue. I mean, it's, al- it's always nice to start from a position of power in an argument. Um mm-hmm. So uh, like I said before, the Loki show premiered this week and it uh, is very different from what we've gotten previously with the other two Disney plus uh, Marvel MCU stuff uh, from WandaVision and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, where WandaVision the first episode they released like the first two episodes. Uh, to the general public because I feel like they were concerned people would watch the first episode and be so confused and not sure what was going on that they wouldn't continue watching. Um, And whereas The Falcon and the Winter Soldier was much more of your basic Marvel-esque, that kind of more spy genre section that the Captain America movies have lived in, um, Loki is much more, I feel like, high concept, engrossing comics are weird rigmarole that I love seeing because of just the weirdness and fun that they can have with these situations. And so for those that don't know, uh, essentially this show picks up after um, the battle of New York in the original Avengers movie uh, that happened in 2012 in the timeline. And it's slightly different though, because it's also from the end game situation where they went in and were trying to get the uh, Tesseract um, from that time period because they needed the Infinity Stones back. Blah blah blah. See the end game and the Infinity War uh, movies for more information around that. Um, but essentially, what happens is, is during that situation, uh, Loki in that timeline gets the Tesseract and is able to escape. Uh, from custody after that battle and in the original timeline he doesn't do that he does get captured he does get brought back to Asgard Um, you see we see that at the end of the that Avengers movie so this is a divergence from the timeline and we the next shot we see is essentially Loki getting thrown into like the Gobi Desert Um, and in in a homage I think which is a nice kind of thing to the original Iron Man uh, movie, where Iron Man jetpacks off in that um, from that cave suit that he made, and like lands in the desert, and it's like all the parts are strewn about him. It it's same type of iconography I feel like has happening in that moment for Loki, and so some stuff kind of happens. He he does his Loki thing where there's some locals, and he's like, "I'm a god, and I'm going to take over the. Uh, I'm your leader. Blah blah blah. I'm important." And then this weird like door frame thing suddenly opens up and a bunch of like security guards walk through with some sort of like beat sticks. And Loki's like, oh, these guys look more important. I'm going to ignore these normal humans that I was just talking to. And I'm going to go over there and talk to them and try to manipulate them because that's what Loki does.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: <laughs> essentially uh, what happens is he gets uh, captured um, by the time authority uh, they're The TVA. Right, it's- is that their actual name, the Time Authority? Uh, it's the Time Variant Authority, so the TVA. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just check in there. Continue. Uh, sorry, Variance, not Variance. Variance is what uh, Loki is. Um, so, yeah, the Time Variance Authority, which is the TVA, which is a uh, comic book pull. Uh, there has been the Time Variance Authority in comic books for a very long time now. Um, they usually deal a lot with the Fantastic Four because the Fantastic Four love to get up into time travel shenanigans. So <laughs> that's a big thing. Um, but essentially, they're the security guards, they uh, capture Loki, they bring him to this uh, very, and I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about this later, but the, the visuals, I feel like, of the TVA's headquarters is super interesting. It's got kind of a analog 1960s office vibe to it. And it kind of indicates like what the time authority or the time variant authority, the TVA actually is, which is bureaucratic at its best. It's just a giant bureaucratic machine that is all about watching the timeline. So they have like these like that 1960s uh, orange coloring that's like really famous uh now as being recognizable because it's supposed to be warm and inviting and now nowadays it's been used so much in other movies and other media it's kind of now been kind of gross looking and kind of like gives you an uneasy feeling and Uh so he shows up and the really interesting thing is that he's still holding uh the the security guard that grabbed him um like puts a collar on his neck and the tesseract as soon as they enter into the the tva you see the Tesseract go from it's like blue, glowy, cool, magiciness to like this dull little, just a normal kind of looking cube type thing. And they walk up to the front desk and there's some person there, some sort of just basic administrator. And like the chicks, uh, the, the lady that's holding him um, is here. Take this, you know, book it uh, Hunter B-15. And she just the guy's like, well, what is it? And Loki's like, it's a, it's, it's a very powerful device. It's the Tesseract. And the guy's like, that sounds stupid um, as he walks away. And it kind of just helps you set the tone that, like, the time authority, uh, the time variant authority is kind of like, th- this, is, this is mundane crap to them. They, they, they deal with much grandiose things all the time. And this, the Tesseract, which is seen in our world as this great, massive thing is just kind of like a stupid thing when they kind of look at it. And so next you take, you see Loki go through a bunch of goofy things. Uh, you've probably seen some of them in the trailers where he um, has to sign for everything he's ever said. Uh, before that, he like walks into a room and there's like this giant multi-armed robot looking thing. And it's got one of those like old analog uh, dot, dot matrix-esque type uh, screens. And it's kind of glitchy. And it's going to like take his clothes off and Loki keeps trying to bash it away. And then eventually what it does is it just gets kind of frustrated with it and then just vaporizes all the clothes off of him <laughs> and drops huh? him. In, yeah. And then drops him into another and then like literally drops him into another room below him, which is about the same size. And that's the one from the, you know, the guy sitting behind the desk, he's got a cat and Loki's now in a new like jumpsuit type thing. And the guy's like, Uh, please sign this. This, this is everything you've ever said. And Loki goes, which I'm actually really excited for. I saw that they actually kind of extended that joke a little bit more than what they put in the trailers. He goes, what? And then like a dot matrix pincer goes, beep, 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 beep. And the guy puts it out and puts the pen on top of it. And it says just what, and it has like the date and he goes, that's ridiculous. And then the guy takes the other piece of paper and like puts it out. And then like Loki just signs his name on it and then gets dropped into another section where he, uh, has to walk through like this metal detector thing. And this guy pretty much asks him, goes like, are you an organic human? You know, have you never been a robot or to the best of your knowledge, are you a robot? And you in fact do contain something that most cultures would call a soul. And he is like, uh, sure. (laughs) And then has like this existential crisis where he's like, am I a robot? Have I ever been a robot? Do I not know I'm a robot? He asks the guys like, do a lot of people not know if they're robots? Um, which is a common theme. I feel like in uh, a lot of science fiction stuff is where suddenly you turn out to actually be a robot and you didn't know it or you're a clone. And you didn't know it. Um, hmm. And they, he, as he walks through, he's about to like, what would happen if I, I am a robot? And he's like, Oh, the machine would melt you from the inside out. And he says it real nonchalantly and Loki, you know, steps through. Isn't a robot, no surprise there. Uh, he gets like an uh, an aura picture of himself, and he goes, Okay, cool. And then he goes to the next part. He gets put on trial. Um, there's a, a part where he has to like take a ticket, and they're in, and this is all just kind of showing you the bureaucracy that's behind the TVA and kind of just why crushing that one of the most powerful forces. In the MCU that we have just now been introduced to is nothing more than a bunch of people pushing papers and going through bureaucracy for bureaucracy's sake. He enters a room where there's one other guy that you kind of saw before, and he's the guy got set up to essentially just be vaporized here in a few seconds. (laughs) But the guy tells him he doesn't want to, tells the guard that he doesn't want to take a ticket, doesn't take a ticket, and starts going through one of those like long lines that you see at the DNV with all the little railings and stuff. But they're the only two in there, so the guy just walks all the way up to the front. Uh, Loki does take a ticket and then he's introduced to this um, little cartoon movie thing uh, that is very similar to the introduction of uh, Mr. DNA from the Jurassic Park movie that kind of like mm-hmm. explains like these grandiose bigger things. And, you they're, essentially- yeah, they're they're little in-house theme park. Yeah. Ride in Exactly. Yeah. That in-house one is so essentially it's the same thing with, uh, the TVA. They have their own little, uh, character. That's like this adorable little clock. Um, and she, uh, essentially explains like, you know, this is, Oh, this is what it is. Um, you know, there's always been this greater, bigger, um, there's so many different timelines and they were all fighting and there was the great, time fight war thing that happened and almost destroyed the universe and then the the timekeepers showed up and they they put everything they put everything into one timeline the divine timeline and now the TVA monitors that for them to make sure that nothing bad happened and then also explains uh, that you are a variant and variants kind of go off the path um, and a variant can happen from either, you know you doing something great or ridiculously crazy to you simply being late to work and if it's outside the divine timeline you get brought in by the time police and put on time trial <laughs> and something happens to you either your t- and then your timeline gets reset so and they t- they showcase kind of like this adorable little graphic where one guy kind of goes off and on his timeline, he gets captured and then brought back in the animation. And then they show that's like, oh, and then the, we reset everything to uh, we reset everything to be good. And essentially it shows like this bomb going off and the timeline that kind of came off like disintegrating out, which is some pretty dark um, <laughs> underlying themes there. If Essentially, they're just like, oh, yeah, we just blow up this other timeline with all its with all. From existence, it just disappears from this point on. And there's these references to eliminating Loki or eliminating other people. And the time cops, the Minutemen, as they're called, are referring to um, pruning. So, you know, that is even a graphic uh, depiction in the mind of just like, you know, cutting out unwanted things. So they just prune the timeline. So it's just one straight thing. Um, he goes to court. And then this is where kind of like Owen Wilson. Uh, the care and his character is uh, um, Mr. Mobius. Um, I have to
1: say, I have to say real quick, Owen Wilson being part of this just takes the sheer ridiculousness of this project to a completely another level for me. And I'm waiting for like Ben Stiller to like (laughs) show up as like the evil, like nurse or caretaker guy (laughs) who just torments
0: lucky so that's where um, my mind goes when you say owen wilson is in this too so. i mean fair don't get me wrong owen wilson's really good in this and i actually was doing a little uh, prep preparing for this i saw some things where he talked about like you know this isn't the, he, he i think he tweeted out or said in an interview this is the first time marvel's come to me and asked me to be part of one of their projects you know they asked me to be you know Captain America, Ant Man, and he like lists off like a bunch of these like super big superheroes, implying like he's turned them down for all these massive, massive roles, and this is the role that he was like, this is the one that I really wanted. Um, so he he's really good in this. He, I mean, he brings his 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 charm and personality to the role very wonderfully. Um, he's playing the like I said, um, Agent Mobius, um, and Uh, He even brings in the original Mr. Mobius uh, is actually a clone uh, because in the comic books TVA, uh, they are actually they just clone a bunch of people because it's just a lot easier opposed to like, quote unquote, hiring these people or making them. So Mr. Mobius is actually in charge of the comic book uh, timeline of Earth uh, 616, which is the uh, basic comic Marvel Continuity timeline, whereas the MCU is the Marvel Universe one nine 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 nine. I could be missing a nine or I could be short a nine in there. I I don't know. Um, but Mr. Mobius is actually a um, it's kind of an in joke is he's actually based off of like visually wise off of one of the old executives at Marvel who was really who was at one point the person in charge of continuity and keeping the timeline and continuity continuity together at the Marvel company. So it's kind of the TVA and him became a joke in house because they made it look like him because he wasn't responsible for this. And so they made his character in the comic books responsible for keeping the timeline and quote unquote continuity straight. So um, Owen Wilson's character uh, is kind of looking, there's a, a, a crazy a, a variant going around Um, killing uh, these Minutemen teams, these Hunter teams, and taking their time charges. And so Owen Wilson sees this opportunity that Loki might be able to help him. And so he goes into the court and Loki, and I I know some people were like, well, you know, if Loki's getting captured by the time cops for messing around with time because he took the Tesseract, how come the Avengers aren't getting in trouble because they really mess around with time in Endgame, right? Quickly addressed. Judge says they were supposed to do that. You weren't supposed to. Bing, bang, boom. That's why you're here and that's why they're not here. Um, Loki tries to use his magic but unfortunately there's no magic in the TAV so he can't do it. So there's like this embarrassing moment where he keeps trying to like magic out his daggers that he does and everyone's just like, what's he doing? And they're like, oh, he's trying to use magic. And it's like, well, this is embarrassing. Um, (laughs) Owen Wilson convinces the judge to let him uh, take Loki with him to kind of uh, bring him on as like an agent or something along those lines, or as a resource. Um, Owen Wilson kind of walks through with him through the Time Variant Authority, and Loki looks out, and there's this beautiful moment where you kind of see just like the ridiculous space that is taken up by the Time Variant Authority. And Loki's like, "What kind of magic is this?" And he's like, "Oh, that's not we. Th- th- this is a magic. This all like actually exists." Is Owen Wilson's response um, uh, Mobius a response and you see it and it just goes on for an inconceivable amount of space. And it's just these like similar shaped buildings. And it actually kind of pays homage to the, one of the comic books imagery is that, um, in the comic books, the time Variant authority, these basic low level agents all sit at desks because again, this is just bureaucracy. It's just time bureaucracy and all the agents sit at a desk, and anytime a character in a particular universe does something that potentially would alter the timeline, a new desk and a new agent is created in this space, and so if you know anything about comic books, even if you just know the MCU stuff, uh, you can imagine in the comic book space how often that happens, so you see this image of just like an infinite amount of Guys sitting at desks going off in all directions in the comic books. And that's what they kind of pay homage to here is that there's just this giant, ridiculous size space in the TVA in this. What is a pocket dimension at the end of time? So Owen Wilson, um, um, Mr. Mobius uh, shows Loki a bunch of images from his life, because you have to remember, this isn't the Loki that we've known for Uh quite some time. This is a different Loki. This is a Loki that hasn't experienced Ragnarok. Uh, This is a Loki that hasn't experienced the, um, the, the dark, dark. What was, what's the second Thor movie? Um, Dark world. Dark world. Thank you. Um, So he hasn't experienced his mother dying. He hasn't experienced his father dying. He hasn't experienced the destruction of his land. He hasn't experienced, you know, being killed by (laughs) being killed by Thanos. So Owen Wilson's character pretty much just goes, "Okay, cool. I'm going to show you all these things. And uh, we learned that Loki apparently was uh, DB Cooper uh, on a bet. (laughs) And there's like this fun little thing where essentially we see how DB Cooper got away. And it's really because what happened was his Heimdall opened the bridge and sucked him up before he had to be parachuted to the ground. So uh, Loki was DB Cooper, FYI. Uh, I'm sorry, what now? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, time travel, multiverse, it's comic books are weird, man. <laughs> I
1: am reminded of the episode of Futurama where they go to see all the bureaucrats in their little headquarters type <laughs> thing, and they're flying around on their desks and stuff. And there's just infinite amounts of tubes where paperwork is, you know, zipping from one place to the next. So I Loki in that universe is where my mind goes for that.
0: I mean, in fairness, that's a very good uh a very good representation if you have if you if you want to visualize without seeing having seen the show and you've seen mm-hmm. that Futurama episode, that's pretty much just think that. So it's just a bunch of bureaucratic nonsense happening. um you so- are. You are technically correct. The best kind (laughs) is correct. (laughs) Um, Exactly. So uh, Loki, uh, Mobius kind of shows him what's going on with his life um, after the Battle of New York. Um, So Loki, this is all new to Loki uh, because Loki keeps going like, no, I'm my own man. I'm my own. You know, I don't I don't have to. Uh, you know, my I don't, no one chooses what I do, I, I do what I want to do, I want to be a god, all this type of stuff and um, Owen Wilson's um, Mr. Mobius is just like, yeah sure, absolutely, so let me show you all these cool things that really gave your other you emotional growth and shows like his mother dying, which mm-hmm. of course breaks up Loki pretty hard um, shows him and his brother having some like touching moments through you know, Thor Ragnarok and his father dying and That gets to him, and then he shows, and then it's kind of just it, and then uh, Mr. Mobius has to kind of get pulled away for a second. Mobius leaves. Loki spends more time kind of reviewing the file, sees his own death, kind of does a little bit of a freak out. He uh, uh, escapes the room for a bit. They're all looking for him, hunting him down, and eventually Loki finds the, the clerk that was at the front desk that got the Tesseract, and front clerk like look he's like I'll skin uh, uh, I'll gut you like a fish and you know if you don't comply with me and the guy was like I don't he's like what's a fish and look he's like well you don't know what a fish is and he goes well I don't want to comply with something I don't want to comply with a threat if I don't know what, what what's going to happen to me if I don't comply and he explains to me he's like I'm gonna kill you very painfully and slowly and the guy goes okay yeah no I don't want to die like that sure okay and so he's like, OK, let me see the Tesseract. And the guy opens this drawer and Loki finds the Tesseract. And it's still that dull kind of un unglowy Tesseract color. Mm-hmm. And then Loki notices in the drawer is that there's a bunch of like infinity stones, a bunch of infinity stones. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, we get a bunch of those here and there. Um, some of the guys use them as uh, uh, paperweights on their desks. Some of them don't. <laughs> And Loki's, like, looking at this and he's, like, picking up these Infinity Stones and they're just, like, these dull colors. So, again, it just shows you the TVA is so powerful and has such a control over where they are that even Infinity Stones are meaningless to them. Paperweights. Paperweights. Uh, you know, the great... Uh, the, 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 the desired um, entire reason we had the last few Marvel movies just are paperweights to them. So... Uh, Loki goes back to the room has this existential thing kind of realizes you know I guess I can I he realizes that if he goes back to his original timeline he is going to die and I think that's what really sinks in is that he's going to die if he goes back and does this and so then he's like yeah I'll help you what do I need to do right and uh, Mr. Mobius uh, goes we need you to help us hunt down a variant, which is what Loki is already. And Loki's like, okay. And he's like, well, who's the variant? And the, he goes, Mr. Mobius goes, it's you, Loki. Don, don, don. And then mm-hmm. uh, we cut to the scene of some other time cops. They go to like, I think it's like 18, 1827 or something like that. Essentially, they go they're like look at they're in an oil field um, before huge oil was struck there. They find like a futuristic shovel from like the 31st millennium um, and then they get lit on fire and burned to death from a hooded shadowy figure who potentially is Loki. And that's where the episode ends. Well, I mean, you definitely
1: sold me on the fact that this would be less painful than watching my favorite sports teams lose every night. So (laughs)
0: congrats, man. You did it. Woo. Woo. I mean, I don't, I think that was a very low bar for me to step over. So
1: you could have said paint
0: drying or just (laughs) here's zen. I would have been like,
1: sure, at least that's not going to hurt me. So,
0: well, and I think um, the Loki stuff, I think it does a really good job of kind of setting up the universe and kind of the themes and stuff. Um, It has the Star Trek uh, Star Trek approach where if you want to show something is badass, how do you show something is badass instantly um, you have it kick uh, Worf's ass. Uh, this one of the, the Klingon security officers who's like a badass fighter guy. You just, have him, they, you just have him get knocked out by it, and then you go like, "Oh wow, he just it just kicked Worf's ass, man." That's that means it's badass. So I think they did that here really well, where they just showed like, you know, oh, the h- how bad could the TVA be? Uh-huh. Oh, the Infinity Stones are paperweights here. So I think they set that up really well. I feel like they kind of they have. Owen Wilson's amazing. I feel like in this role he does he's really charismatic, kind of a little goofy, a little serious, you know, his his uh kind of that dry wit he has sometimes really comes through here. So I yeah. think they've really set up a really good story and a cast of characters that are really going to flourish in this.
1: Well, and to have like you said <clears throat> all the infinity stones is paperweights is almost to say yeah you know everything that happened before and all of that build up towards end game yeah that doesn't really matter here anymore we're we're moving on so to
0: speak yeah
1: yeah i mean it sounds like it's kind of weird and zany which was to be expected uh it sounds like hiddleston gets to flex his muscles a little bit in this role and Mm -hmm. Incorporate some of that classic humor while also maybe going in a new direction with the character, so that's fun. And with all this hopping around from one time period to another, you get a chance to play with different settings and you know different uh, time periods and stuff. So, I mean, it sounds it sounds interesting. I'll I'll definitely check it out. Perfect.
0: Oh, and then uh, there is one more thing. I totally. I- as I'm looking over my notes, I forgot to talk about um, when we're first introduced to uh, Mobius Owen Wilson's character. They're actually in a, like a Spanish church. um, And there's, he's there because one of the, like I said before that there's this, this variant killing time cops and taking their time bombs. um, And he's there kind of checking it out. And there's this little girl there. And um, he kind of does a cute little thing with her to like get her to talk. Um, and and it's the interesting thing, too, is you can see in the comic books, the Minutemen and the hunters, these the, the, the police of the TVA are clones and robots. So you can kind of see their their approach to everything is prune it, destroy it. But our job is to get everything just kind of is, is to get everything back in line and Owen Wilson's character, uh, Mr. Mobius is more of that middle management role he can think for himself he spends a little bit more time kind of evaluating situations and you can see that kind of between the characters playing off each other um him and hunter b15 um who's played by and i'm gonna get her name uh probably wrong here uh wimi wusaku wimi wusaku i don't know I apologize. I'm bad at names and terrible at reading them, but uh, I wanted to k- briefly talk about her because she, um, she's actually in one of my other, uh, favorite show of mine and my girlfriends, um, was, uh, Lovecraft, um, uh, Lovecraft country. Um, and she did a great job in that. I'm excited to see her in this role too. Um, yeah. which is cool because there's like another tie into the, that, that show as well, potentially with the MCU, but we'll get to that here in a second. Um, But Owen Wilson's character talks to this little girl, and he goes, like, who did this? And, of course, they're in a church, and she points to this stained glass window of the devil uh, with, like, these horns. And so, uh, like a lot of people were doing during uh, WandaVision, and um, as that was going on, people were, like, anytime, like, oh, this is Mephisto, 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 Mephisto. Yeah. And those that don't know uh mephisto's kind of like the devil analog in the marvel universe um basically, basically yeah basically the devil um i don't think he is the devil but he's he's a bad guy he's a demon that does a lot of different deals with people and is he's always manipulating things so um I don't think that's a thing because I think it's just essentially leading that there's this is another low key. And to that point, I think kind of talking about what this means for the MCU going forward is the next kind of topic we'll bring up here. Um, One of the big things in that the Internet's kind of been going crazy about. And then also I saw on some social media stuff and I just kind of want to address is that don't give Disney or uh, Marvel credit for making Loki a gender fluid character because I don't know if you know this Jesse but Loki is the first gender uh, gender fluid character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe I was not aware of that no yeah so that's officially a thing um, that they announced and I saw some people talking about it and this is a little bit of my irritation not to say that I don't think representation isn't good or that having a gender fluid character isn't bad that's not what I'm that that's that's not what I'm getting at. Um, Loki has always been gender fluid. Uh, he's a he's a Norse god. Ancient mythological gods, gender changing, uh, creature changing. I mean, Zeus literally was a swan at one point so he could have sex with a girl. Like that was a common thing in ancient religious cultures. Was that characters would change and also. On that note of, uh, you know, Zeus ha- uh, changing to have sex with a girl, uh, Loki changed and actually gave birth to a- an eight legged horse, which is canon in the Marvel comic books. And subsequently, because it's based on Norse mythology and that exists in the MCU universe, that makes it canon in the MCU? Question mark.
1: I was worried about when that was going to pop up. again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing. Like. I saw somebody and and I saw somebody being like, "Good job, like Marvel. Good job, like Disney, on like bringing a gender fluid character into this." And it's like, no, they, they don't get credit for that. That's always been a thing. It's been a thing in the comic books. It was a thing in the Norse mythology. It's just them actually representing the character appropriately. And so I think this during Pride Month, nonetheless. Yeah, during Pride month, nonetheless, which is it, it's 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 a complicated thing. I know um, I commend them for continuing that and like bringing that forward as a thing that will be part of it. I'm hoping is I'm what I really want to see with this variant is it's the female Loki from the comic books that comes up for a while. Um, mm. And that's a very confusing story where essentially it's not actually Loki. It's Loki possessing a body that was meant for Sith. Um, uh, the, 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 the female warrior from the first uh, Thor movie. Um right. Yeah. So he possessed like there's female Loki. So I'm really hoping that this variant is actually female Loki doing all the bad things. And then it's going to be male Loki versus female Loki. Um, maybe we'll even bring young Loki into it who fights old Loki at some point. Um That might also be an option that we're looking at young Loki and the variants old Loki. That's another thing in the comics, because again, comics are weird. I mean,
1: really, when you
0: start playing around with time travel
1: and alternate dimensions and timelines and whatnot you really kind of remove any restrictions you have on what you can't do with your story so yeah they could have as many loki's in this thing as they want to
0: (laughs) i guess i mean that would be pretty interesting just a the slew of uh, a loki army of loki's but i feel like nothing would ever get done they would just keep backstabbing each other so i don't know how effective that would be which would be amazing if that was like
1: part of their plan and then all the loki's just fucking ask for (laughs) each other or (laughs) trick
0: each other to their deaths so exactly (laughs) yeah Um, yeah but so kind of a few other things on like what this means for the greater mcu universe stuff um dr strange and the multiverse of madness uh the writer of the loki uh stuff has mentioned that you know this will have sweeping ramifications. Um, so I'm excited to see where this goes with that. And he specifically mentioned the multiverse of madness. Um, and is this going to affect, uh, is the time Variant authority going to be ha- come after uh, Wanda who's trying to get her kid back, her, her kids back. Um, okay. Is it going to, are they going to come down on Dr. Strange? Cause they've had some tussles in the comic books before. Um, so it's going to be real interesting to see where the TVA goes um, in that movie specifically let alone what it means for the greater MCU.
1: I don't know exactly when it will happen because as you said, you know they' it may not be what they're alluding to here, but there's been, I think at this point too many nods to Mephisto for him mm-hmm. to not show up at some point. So I think that's very much in the plans. but I would also think that, you know, to what you mentioned earlier regarding the Fantastic Four and the TVA, that introducing that group via some alternate timeline or what have you seems like it could be in the cards. You know, along something like that. You know, yeah. Um, especially given their their own tussles with you know Mephisto, so it seems like the the direction they're heading to some extent is that. Yeah, we're going to encounter probably some new, you know, some new powerful foes via all this time meddling, but also, you know, bringing some new
0: heroes as well.
1: New as in to the MCU.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of on those big villain type things. Another one that a lot of people are talking about um, is actually uh, uh, Kang the Conqueror, who is, uh, I've talked about him briefly before um and the reason that i said that, kind of tying back into uh the another tie to uh lovecraft uh country um as a interesting thing is that actually that one of the main characters from that jonathan majors who is spectacular in that role and is really just he's a really great actor um he's actually going to be playing him uh king the conqueror and um in the ant-man and wasp quantum mania that's the name of the movie i don't know what i said before but that was it was definitely not that <laughs> um so yeah quantum mania uh so he's gonna be playing uh king the conqueror in the 2000 and uh, the 2023 um movie ant-man and the wasp so Uh, Which is cool because, like I said, that um, the other that actress uh, that is playing the role of B-15, the Hunter B-15 is going to be playing is also in the same show as him. So the wide sweeping, you know, contacts of (laughs) of the uh, MCU hand just keeps reaching out and picking up these great actors. Yeah, why not? You can get
1: paid a lot of money and be in something that a lot of people are going to see and yeah. have been doing it. So it's always a pretty easy decision, I feel, for a lot of actors.
0: But uh, Yeah. And, uh, and the an interesting thing, too, is that actually um, King the Conqueror actually has a tie to one of the characters that was in the show. The judge that was ruling over Loki's um, trial is actually mm-hmm. also potentially, at least name wise, the love interest of King the Conqueror. Sometimes, so some people think that this is all just kind of moving towards the next big, uh, potentially thinking that the next big MCU villain will be King the Conqueror in some format here for them for a bit, or maybe the, lo- the maybe the Loki to the Thanos, uh, Loki to the Thanos to Mephisto type thing.
1: That was one of the more prevalent theories that I saw, you know, after Endgame and of course before. They had done WandaVision or you know this new Loki show regarding who the next big bad was going to be in the MCU. And of course, that being that, well, the Avengers messed around with time, and Kang the Conqueror is aware of that, and he's not particularly happy with them. <laughs> so they're gonna feel maybe some of his wrath because of that. Um, in terms of trying to do something different than you know having this massive buildup towards, you know, the showdown with Thanos in this galaxy ending event, it would almost be more fun this time to have, you know, two or three big bads who are separate from each other and not really affiliated or on the same side or anything kind of all, you know, doing their own thing and serving their own purpose. So if you had a Kang who is, set up you know supposedly to be that next big bad but then you have mephisto over here doing his <laughs> his side dealing and his meddling and all that i feel like that would just be a different story and when it helps stand apart from
0: what we already got with thanos i mean yeah that's true it's it'd be interesting to kind of see it, it, it I'm, I'm curious to see where they're going because i feel like they have a lot of really good Poker's in the fire, if you would, um, with the ability and kind of the time to be able to. And I say time and it's terrible with this episode. Uh, (laughs) uh, The ability and the time to be able to move and change and shift uh, what's going on and what they want to showcase. So I'm I'm excited. I mean, I'd be stoked to see a battle between Mephisto and Kang uh, happen because they're both trying to take over multiverse, universe, earth, uh, galaxy, whatever they're trying to take over all happening at the same time.
1: I also wonder, is this going to be a way for them to do like stories and alternate timelines and be able to bring characters back like Tony Stark or like Steve Rogers in their, you know, original forms to have them continue, you know, in the MCU.
0: I mean, that sounds uh, I, I think the, the the what if series that's coming out here on Disney Plus in the future is going to be a great, I think, broaching point for that, where depending yeah. on I feel like how we as consumers of entertainment take those, um, that might be a good starting point, because I think fun things to do would be the, you know, uh, Spider-Man, uh, the Spider-Man 2099 or the 2099 universe, which has a bunch of these characters thrown into the fire universe. Uh, yeah. The, you know, the new noir, noir universe that they have with a bunch of these characters. I think it, expanding this yeah. through timelines, through multiverse, through all this type of stuff would really be potentially really exciting.
1: Cause once you uncork that bottle, I mean, there's not really any going back, you know, to where you were before, unless you just want to retcon everything that you do in these alternate timelines. So I just picture that as well, those versions of those characters are still dead, and you could potentially make a similar beat for uh, Black Widow as well. You know, she's got her own movie coming out, also, you know, was killed in game. so or sacrificed herself or whatever it was. Um, so that is just a, an approach I could see them doing to try and get continue to utilize these characters while also not going back on, you know, oh, well, they're just magically back alive type of thing <laughs> you see all the <laughs> time in the comics, you know. Um, and then to also have stories where, you know, those characters interact with you know new ones including members of the fantastic four and the x-men whenever that is happening so that's just when when they have already done this with loki where yeah he's he's got his own show he's it's a different loki though and it's going to be a way to continue to keep tom hiddleston into the fold i would be shocked if you know that was an idea that wasn't being entertained for you know Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, et cetera, and, and we um, already know we already know Chris Evans is coming back for something. We just don't know what that is. So,
0: yeah, and I think it's too uh, an interesting thing too because there's even a potential Easter egg, or at least people noticed that there was an Easter egg um, in one of the scenes where um, Loki's kind of jumping around the TVA, and one of the time doors opens in a hallway, and uh, a Minuteman walks in, or a Hunter walks in with a um, female, dressed mm-hmm. in nineteen esque, you know, kind of maybe nineteen forties. It's it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to say, but it's a dress with long sleeves, and people think that it might be that might be uh, Peggy Carter, um, sure. who has become a variant because of what Captain America did, which was go when he went back and had that entire life with her. Mm-hmm. You know, that's clearly an offshoot of the timeline. So, what right. happened with that? Did it? What did the time authority step in and do something about that eventually? Did they go back and destroy that timeline? Did that right. gap never actually exist? What happened? Type stuff. So, um, and who did, of-
1: he, who did he encounter during that time period, too, in terms of other heroes, you know, who were alive during that point? Exactly. Like, like a, you know, a, a Wolverine, perhaps, or a Hank Pym when he's not old Michael Douglas type of things. <laughs>
0: yeah, so I, I think it, it really sets up for a lot of very interesting things. Um, I know uh, there's a lot of fan theories now flying out about this new multi-timeline stuff that they're doing and the potential that it could really bring forward for the uh, continued MCU universe stuff.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I'm curious to see what they do with all that. And don't forget too, I mean, we still got the freaking scrolls are out there as well <laughs> with Nick secret here. wars, secret wars doing who knows what. So, mm-hmm. um, so,
0: and then there's it's, it's a good sorry. time. It's yeah.
1: an exciting time again. Starting to get a little hyped for some of the, yeah. these future things they're going to be doing.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I think it's going to be interesting. I even think um, they're, they're having fun with it, which is, I think is the important part of a lot of this uh, stuff is that, they're acknowledging that this comic stuff is like ridiculous. It's I mean, it's on this. It's the same level as like, you know, like I was saying before, Greek and ancient and Norse and Roman and all these old cultures, mythologies where crazy yeah. stuff happened all the time. And people were just like, yep, that makes sense. Cool. <laughs> uh, and you know, it at face it value. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's it's a thing. And so I think that they're really having fun with it. Um, I even... On that point, actually, the um, the timekeepers who are like the uh, unseen or uh, really unseen, they, they do have them like on a wall and some other imagery uh, throughout the episode, but you don't actually see them as characters. Uh, the timekeepers are like in charge of the TVA. And uh, I, in watching it, I kind of thought there was this like cute little um, joking type. Self shot uh, joke, like uh, self punch um that they made it themselves as the marvel studios um where they talk about the 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 timeline wars and then they're like and then the timekeeper showed up and made it all into one divine time and as i was listening to i was like oh it's kind of like a joke like you know how a bunch of different studios used to make marvel property movies and there was like sony and fox and um marvel doing it and then slowly the timekeepers have brought all of the movies together into one one succinct universe type stuff. So it's I kind of I thought that was kind of fun is that there's some symbology happening even inside of the own story about kind of being like, we're bringing all this together, guys. We, we, we know there's a bunch of different things and there was a bunch of different conflict. But now everything's going to be into one perfect timeline. <laughs> <laughs> never never put it past
1: Disney or Marvel to do a, a quick flex over their old competitors and up the <laughs> opportunity. So kudos, I guess, <laughs> to them. But um I would remind you too that while it wasn't necessarily, I guess, he, his full self doing it, that Logan's consciousness has also gone through some time jumps as well mm-hmm. from the X-Men series. So will that factor into any of this as well and i w- you know and i would understand if people wouldn't want to see hugh jackman back you know necessarily because of how his story ended but again when you're when you're enabling your writers to play with timelines i think pretty much all bets are off in that respect and i mean that would be an opportunity again to get him on screen with you know some of those folks that he didn't have a chance to work with because he
0: was with Fox. You know, so who knows? Exactly. I think I'm excited. I think Loki's done a really great job of setting up the MCU for, like you were saying, bigger and grander and more ridiculous and more intri- interesting and intriguing avenues that they can go about it. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think. And then, you know, as much of a bummer as the
1: obviously the pandemic was for a lot of our entertainment type stuff. Um, I think not getting any new Marvel content for most of last year was actually a good thing in a way because, you know, we're coming off of 12 years in a row of, you know, the MCU always releasing new movies, you know, expanding their universe type thing. So to just get a reprieve and a small break from that, I feel like, was probably good for the writers and for the studio itself but it was good for us too because we kind of got to take a step back and just kind of soak in everything that we've already gotten and i feel like are now able to get a little more excited for future marvel properties yeah bring let's let, let's see what you got marvel I'm i'm
0: ready <laughs> yeah <laughs> Perfect. I think on that note of challenging Marvel to bring it, um, uh, I think we can wrap it up here. Uh, Jesse, you had any closing thoughts or anything? Well, I'm going to have to check this out and see what
1: they do with it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a good time, I think, again, to be a a comic book fan, especially on the Marvel side. DC fans, uh, we're still... (laughs) We're still figuring our shit out, apparently,
0: over there. But uh, Marvel fans, you you guys should be excited. So, I mean, that's not fair to DC fans. Uh, You guys have that great animated universe. I mean, I wish that the Marvel animated stuff was as well written as the DC uh, animated stuff is. And then we could do a whole pod just on that, (laughs) I'm sure. But uh, Mm -hmm. no,
1: I, I think that's absolutely true. From a live action standpoint, yeah, it's a it's a rudderless <laughs> ship without a captain. Um, but Marvel, thankfully, has always been able to map out what they want to do on their side, and that looks like it's going to continue. So yeah. yay for Marvel! Perfect.
0: All right. Um, and on that, yeah, like I said, let's we'll wrap it up here. Um, thank you so much for listening to uh, Hit the Real Podcast. Um, this is a podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. Uh, we release these uh, every week, usually about Saturday or uh, even Friday evenings, sometimes Sunday. It all depends on how much uh, I drink over the weekend being the one that edits them. So uh, it's kind of a fun time when it comes to that. So uh, feel free to uh, reach out to us at hit the real podcast at gmail.com. We're always looking to take new suggestions for episode topics. Um, Even if you'd like to come on um, and talk about something uh, we'd love to have you. We've had a few other uh, guest hosts on before. So, Uh, feel free to reach out to us again at hittherealpodcast at gmail.com. And on that note, thank you very much for listening. And like always, hey, keep it real.